Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. It's a show where we talk about musicals of all things. Go figure. It's right there in the title. Um, it's going to be a an intimate show today. This is what I'm calling it uh, because a couple of our regular hosts are away. But never mind. I am here. My name is Miranda Selwood and occasionally I get the order of the show correct. Also here and pushing everybody's buttons Zane! How are yeah, you? Yeah, we can all rest assured that Miranda <laughs> is hosting the show. Woo! Ah. Buckle in! <laughs> everyone loves it when I host, and by everyone I mean me. Do you? You seem to complain a lot when you host. No. Okay, no. good. Well, I think that's just everyone else at the table. No, no one else complains when you host. It's just you. <laughs> you project that on other, other people. <laughs> I enjoy self-deprecating humour. That's mm-hmm. my style. Um, but better than you or me, um, I'm sorry. That's granted. No, but that's it's, fair. It's perfectly fair. Is our guest today. Welcome, Asabi. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me today. I'm very excited to now, chat with you guys. You are new to our show, but yes. not to the network. No, that's You're, correct. Uh, that's not Canon Er? Canon E. Canon Knight. That's a nice term. I, I like that. I just a suddenly Canonite. had this moment where I thought, we don't have a. a- Canonia? <laughs> Mm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what show on are you on? So I host Wine and Sympathy, and I also host Shafology. Or um, co-host, I should say. There's, uh, I'm not the only one on those shows. Oh, well, yes, I'm well. disappointed now. Um, <laughs> and I see you've brought some wine to the table with you. Always. Um, <laughs> I will prepare some sympathy for later in the Thank episode. Thank you. Um, we are going to talk The Wiz, um, or to use its full and correct title, The Wiz, The Super Soul Musical Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Yes. Um, there's a lot of punctuation mm. in that extensive title, uh, but colloquially known as just... The Wiz. The Wiz. Um, but first, we have to do the all-important getting to know you. Oh, no. <laughs> so here <Sure>. we are. <clears throat> it's just, I'm just running the show today. Do it. This is, this is what we're here just for. Just getting it. Okay. We're going to do the questions. Are you ready for the questions? I'm here come ready the for questions. the questions. Asabi. Yes. Which musical character would other people compare you to? That's a hard question. I don't know. Aida? <laughs> <laughs> Of all the things that you could have just gone, I don't know, maybe that's not what I was expecting. Oh. What's your reasoning? I love that musical. That's probably my favorite musical. And cool. that's the one, I think if you ask me what character I would love to play, that's the character I'd love well, to play. That question, comes later. That question oh. is coming up, so so hold that thought. All right. Um, so that's who other people would compare you to. Um, maybe Ursula. Okay. All right. Now, now Zane's like, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> to be fair, I, 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 it's been a long time since I've listened to Aida. There aren't a lot of personality traits that I... Uh, attached to that character. That is true. She's strong. <laughs> yeah. She's a very strong character. She is the yeah, a bit independent, a bit character. mouthy. She, yes, she yeah. is the titular <laughs> character. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Dave's mm. favourite word for but, the podcast. Uh, Ursula, probably in the Brisbane music scene, Ursula would probably, <laughs> because I'm thinking about people in the Brisbane music scene. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all those extra limbs you have really <coughs> does, yeah. Yes. Okay. yes. Uh, which musical character would you like people to compare you to? Mm. Who would you like to be on the inside? Who would I like to be? Oh, Jesus, Sabi that's Goodman. difficult. Who would I like to be as Ursula. a musical character? I think I'm just trying to think in my head. Aida, who, yeah, <laughs> Aida. Well, Aida would be good. <laughs> That's who I would love to play. But who would I like people to think of me as? Um, someone powerful, Ursula. like a, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're still there. Um, and for question number three, what is your dream role? Well, Aida's my Aida. dream role. <laughs> Yes, that is my dream role. I have done the pl- the musical Aida and I played Nehebka. It's a very long story for why I was not cast as Aida, but I will not go into that. <sighs> Mistaken identity. That sounds Ooh. like the sympathy portion of the show, which yes. we'll save for later. Um, what's your favourite Sondheim? Uh, La Vie Bohème. Oh, where? Wait, that is Sondheim, isn't it? Rent? No. No, no. That's, uh, no. that's uh, last Strike one. that. Definitively not. No. It's <laughs> my favourite Sondheim. I don't know. He wrote Into the Woods, didn't he? Yes, he did. He did. Do not like Into the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> that's an answer to the question. Yeah. Uh, a slightly different question. Um, mm, I, mm, I don't know that I have a favourite Sondheim then. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm. I think that's the first time we've had a decline to answer on the Sondheim. <laughs> mm. There mm. have been a few people that Ooh. were like, oh, if you twist my arm, I'll say... The first thing I've heard of. Sweetie. <laughs> yeah, or I'll no. say no. a little night music or merrily. No, so nothing. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, sorry about that, Stephen. He is a regular listener of the show, so he's going to oh. be super disappointed with you. He won't. He doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to shower song? Oh, my God. My go-to top of the playlist. I usually in the shower, I just sing like arias, or, or sorry, not arias, arpeggios. <laughs> because usually I'm usually I just sing a casual aria. Yeah, no. Usually I'm shower. just doing vocal warm ups in the shower, so I'm not really singing songs. It's a great place for a vocal warm up. Mm, mm. And to really, you know, it's sort of all that nice, warm, wet yes. air. Moisture. Yes, yes. moisture. It's yeah. moist. It's very moist in the moist. shower. <laughs> I resent the fact that you repeated that word with more Australian <laughs> accent than I had. Uh, it was an accident. <laughs> I cannot do an Australian accent. It was an accident. On, yes, yes, I cannot do an Australian <laughs> accent on command. <laughs> Does it happen? Um, I feel like that whole segment was brought to you by the ghost of Julie Eisentrager. Um, <laughs> but we have one more question. Okay, sure. You have to delete a musical from existence. Only one? Yes. <laughs> yes. At this oh. time. You can come At back this and delete time, it. Only one. <laughs> and it can't be Cats. Cats is already deleted. It's already deleted. And I think, I think we can also delete Phantom and Love Never Dies. I think They've we can gone also quite a few times, yeah. yeah but you know. Okay, I would like to delete Les Mis. Okay, you that wouldn't one be the just first. annoys the hell out of me. I, I don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, Les Mis isn't Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> See, but I don't we'll know musicals. You again. 
But you know this musical, right? Like you have, I am you not a musical person. I Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you I, are a I'm, musical person. I'm a musical person, but I'm just not a musical person. Theater. Yeah, which is really surprising. I think a lot of people think that I know tons of... I know nothing about musical theater, really. <laughs> so as, it, as we have established. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote Les Mis. I hate him. No, that's not... <laughs> True. That's fine. Um, I forgive you. Um, (laughs) That's the sympathy. (laughs) Well, on a like side note to the getting to know you segment, where do you come from on the musical scale? What's your background? So my the first musical I saw, I think I was nineteen, and it was Miss Saigon, and I was taken there. So my uni had this little. I don't know, like a, a program where professors would get a group of students from my housing area, my um, dorm, and they would take us to outings in LA. Strangely enough, written by the same people as like Miz. Yeah. Whom <laughs> 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 I have no idea. Um, <laughs> and I, so I grew up watching operas and ballets and that sort of thing. So I, and, you know, with the society that I was in, ugh, musicals, ugh, they're so pedestrian. <laughs> Nobody watches musicals. It's like the poor man's opera, <laughs> right? So um, I'd never seen a musical before and, you know, I was asked to come or, you know, asked to come along with this group and so I went we saw Miss Saigon and I was blown away at all of the imagery that they could put on a stage Hmm. that was so different to opera because there's a lot of imagery in opera opera is so stunningly beautiful and the helicopter coming in over the crowd (laughs) and I was just like oh my god this is the most amazing thing and the dancing and the singing and the lights and I was just kind of struck by it Mm. and so I thought maybe I should go to a few more of these and so um I saw I did see Les Mis and I was kind of like that was kind of annoying and then Um, I remembered that (laughs) for when I had the power to delete it yes exactly and and like I mean and I've seen the movie so I just like so as a singer just like with any singer just because I don't like that singer doesn't mean that I don't have a great appreciation or respect for so hmm. I will go out and I will see musicals because I don't want to just say I don't like all Sondheim Sondheim I can't even say his name I don't like all <laughs> Sondheim and I don't like all Andrew Lloyd Webber so I will at least go out and see it and then make my decision I think I know? think we can all just say that you don't need to go out and see any Russell Crowe singing uh, you don't need you don't need to see that ever. But I didn't know that until I saw it, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" And that's a lesson that wow. the movie taught us. Yes, that that was a, a huge lesson. <laughs> um, not all musicals are good. Like some are just terrible. But a bunch of them are, including The Wiz, which yes. we are going to talk to you about in just one wee moment. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And now, ladies and gentlemen, The Wiz, the super soul musical... 
Wonderful Wizard of Oz. It's such a long title. Apparently it is a musical. Yes. That's what I hear. Is mm. there anything else you'd like to tell us about it? Well, The Wiz is sort of a cultural explanation of black culture, if you will. I mean, there's lots of, of social commentary that's included into this musical. It is basically The Wizard of Oz, and we all know The Wizard of Oz story. Dorothy, a young girl who happens to be orphaned, I'm assuming, and she's living with her aunt and uncle in Kansas, of all horrible places. Sorry if there are any of our listeners <laughs> who are from Kansas. I'm from Oklahoma, so I can say that. Um, <laughs> and she gets swept up in a tornado, dropped in this magical, beautiful world called Oz, which is technicolor, and then she has to find her way home. And so that's what the story is basically about, is finding her way home, finding the courage to believe in herself. And I think across all versions of The Wizard of Oz, you have that sort of underlying story or that underlying theme, believing mm. in yourself. Mm. So you see that with the Scarecrow, you see that with the Tin Man, you see that with the Lion, you see that with Dorothy. I think The Wiz sort of took it to a whole nother level because it came out in, the, so the play came out in the mid 70s and it was just on the heels of the civil rights movement and on the black is beautiful sort of cultural epitaph that was going around at the time and black exploitation, which was just starting to come in. So it was lauded on the fact that it was an all black cast. And this was the first time that black people were seeing sort of themselves, their language, if you will, portrayed on a large Stage. Yeah. So this was this is the third all black Broadway production. Was that is that because we had uh, Raisin, which is all all black, and Pearly Purdy. I'm I'm, not I, sure. I don't know if I'm remembering that yeah. correct. And then we had and then we had the Wiz. Yep. And the Wiz was the one that kind of broke through. Yeah. Even though the producer after like mixed reception on opening that was like, oh, I think we should. No, I think we, we should, should cut run. It. Yeah. Mm. But I, I believe it was. One of their backers put an extra $100,000 into recording a TV commercial of the cast singing um, Easing On Down the Road. Mm. And then it kind of started selling out after a few weeks. And then sure. it went on to play four years, sweep the Tonys of the year. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah so it was it did kind of. Sweep yeah, it won Tony. seven yeah. Tony Awards. It was no, nominated no, for eight. eight. Yeah. yeah. It, it won the same year that Mac and Mabel was up. So I think it did deserve that. The other two were not particularly <laughs> worth while remembering. Uh, Shenandoah <laughs> and The Lieutenant, if we've heard of those. No. Which no. I have not. No, I know haven't. the song Shenandoah. But <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to skip past the, the two-minute give me the plot. Um, because it's oh. Wizard of Oz. Because yeah. it's <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. I don't think anybody needs to elevate a pitch that to you. But... Yeah. Um, you know, how how much of this story-wise is rewritten? So we, we hear this story in a slightly different vernacular mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. in the you know, musically and also in the text. Yes, that's correct. But all of the characters are exactly the same, right? For the most part. I mean, you know, you have your, your Wicked Witches have been renamed. So you've got um, Eveline and Evamine <laughs> are the two Wicked Witches. And then Glinda is the same, mm. but you don't see her until the end, but you have Adapearl, who's Glinda's sister. So she's the one, instead of Glinda who comes down in the original text that we're familiar with, you have Adapearl who comes in and she's sort of the one who's guiding Dorothy on her way or giving Dorothy her instructions of 
how to get to Oz, and then you see Glinda at the end. Um, so, but other than that, and, and there there are some there's some villainous characters that are a little bit different that you don't have in the original text as well. So, so uh, they're they're completely original. They're I think not- what is it the Kaleida Kaleidas. Uh, I think I do. in the movie they were on oh, skates. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, is that uh, who I'm thinking of? Now, see, I <laughs> have not watched the movie in oh, a long wow. time. See, um, this is, I do have the movie, and I thought, oh, should I watch it? And I was like, because uh, it was kind of I didn't like the movie. So the movie was the first form that was introduced to me, and I was kind of like, yeah. ugh, this isn't so good. Um, and then I've I have the playbook, so I've read the play and I've watched the 2015 live version that NBC oh, did, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is sort of which is more closely related to the actual stage musical than the film. So the film was completely different, and there are reasons behind why the film is so different. But the 2015 <laughs> live, there were, there were so many reasons. There are reasons. <laughs> yes. Um, but the yeah. 2015 live stage version took elements of the 1975-1974 stage play and a few things from the film and put them together and was way better than the actual film itself. So, and uh, closely related to the musical. I can see how that might be. I think mm. that the film um, is incredibly dated, mm. whereas the show itself isn't necessarily. Yeah. No, that's right. Because the show itself, much like The Wizard of Oz, it doesn't happen in a time or place that no. actually exists. Mm. So it sort of sits in its own little its own mm. little place. Musically, it is quite um, 70s. Yes, yeah, so it, it has uh, roots like it is. gospel, it's got soul. But yeah, there's a lot more. Those, yeah. that, those, the first like seven-ish songs, I was, I was re-listening to it for this episode. Mm. I was like, this sounds like, Jackson Five reunion. Yeah, well, it's Motown. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of yeah Motown in that. Um, yeah. and like, and that it's obvious. Like, that's where they drew from. Mm, and then, mm. and then it goes definitely goes more gospel towards the yes, end. Yes, yes, um, yeah. Yeah, but speaking of the movie, so obviously the movie starred Diana Ross. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, but do you know it? why it starred Diana Ross? <laughs> because she, she really wanted to, mm-hmm. to star Diana Ross, even though she was thirty three. Yeah, yes. she was thirty three, and they wanted Stephanie Mills, who mm. played the original Dorothy on Broadway, to do that character. They were not. I mean, even. Barry Gordy didn't want Diana, but she kind of went around his back and did a deal with Universal. Yeah, and said, hey, hey you held the uh, rights for it. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. um, if you finance it, uh, please pay, pl- put me there. Mm-hmm. Um, My name is Diana Ross, and I have decided yeah. um, I will be playing Dorothy. Yeah, and the story, I, the movie story was just, it was very strange. It was just different. With the way it was, you know, it's a teacher who gets, you know, she's never been past 125th Street, you know, and I'm like, she's 33 years old. Come on. <laughs> Spencer, grow up. It's, um, it is, it is interesting, the movie, because the movie came out really quickly. Um, About four years later, yeah, five, three yes. years later. 77 mm. well, was the film. But obviously, this also made it to Australia really quickly. Like, oh, it, did it, it made it to Australia in, in 76. The- which wasn't Wait, unusual at the time. The play did. Yeah. Yes. The stage oh, okay. Production, okay. Production, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't unusual at the time because mm. of the producer who did it. It, J, it was a J.C. Williamson 
um, production. And at that time, that's what JC Williamson was doing. He mm. was just picking up shows and plonking them, them, often with right, yeah. with the American or um, West End yes. stars. Yeah. In so he didn't have right. it didn't star Australian people. It did star one of the original. Village people. Whoa, who? Um, yeah. Uh, so let this me is find like the name. Fun facts with Zane because KB know, is in here. I've also. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that too. Uh, <laughs> so, so Victor Willis, who was a founding member of the Village People. So, and, who was he in the Village People? Uh, <laughs> Which one? Was he the the Native American? Was the he the cop? scarecrow, the Tin Man? Oh no, sorry, the biker. <laughs> Uh, I, d- d- like, b- I don't know. I can't, he doesn't have his character here. Oh. Um, he, but he did like co-write a lot of the songs as oh, well. Oh, right, okay. Mm. Um, you mean it doesn't have What's his, his name again? Victor. Victor Willis. Victor Willis. Yeah. I like that name. What uh, you so he, about he played Willis? Tin Man. Oh, uh, cool. in, in the Australian in the Australian show. Yes, we know, but we want to know which village person he was, Zane. Okay, well, you continue. I'll, <laughs> I'll figure it out. Zane's going to look that up while we talk about other things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the uh, production team was also um, a an African-American production team, obviously, yep. writing this music, who it would have had to have been. Yes, of and course. And you can hear it, definitely. Yes. Um, yeah, it is so beautiful, actually. So I spent yesterday listening to the original Broadway soundtrack, and I was really... Because I'd never, I've never actually seen it staged other than watching live. So I listened to the soundtrack first, and then I watched the live version. And I just... I was blown away. I was really blown away with how gorgeous everything there's, sounded. And There's definitely a lot more music mm. than your average um, Wizard was. Sure, yeah. Uh, and even the um, more recent Andrew Lloyd Webber adaptation of The Wizard Was. I have not seen it. Um, <laughs> some people have. Uh, Just a few. <laughs> it has a few more songs and still uses a lot of the original material. That Tim Minchin worked on that, didn't he? I don't know off because the top that, of my head. That was just here last year, I thought. Yes. In Brisbane, yeah. Yes. So I'm pretty sure Tim mentioned did a couple of extra songs on that. I don't know. We can look that up in the episode yeah. of that show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. A, a lot of the extra music, um, I think, probably goes into more depth of character and mm. therefore we see a lot more of, of some of these characters. So what you were saying before about... Um, you know, there's a lot more to this story mm, than mm. just what we see in other iterations. What do you think is the the most important extra layer? Well, there's definitely a sort of believe in yourself that I think they're really trying to drive home because like I was saying before, this is coming off of the heels of the civil rights mov- movement when you know every black people were basically told that you're not good you're not good enough you're a second class citizen you're not worthy of society and so you know there there were these um elements of you are good enough you know you are beautiful you're you know when auntie m tells dorothy you know that she's beautiful like even though you're stubborn but you're very beautiful you know so there's a lot of that sort of language that's throughout this show a lot of empowerment i think that's throughout this show so i that's the message that i sort of took away from it was you know you you can create your own reality if you will you can make things happen and it's all you it's the the power is within you i have an answer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but back to the important things yes. about the show. Victor Willis played the cop. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so now um, I can see what he And said. now is probably a, an apropos time to go um, bad reviews with Zane. 
Because it actually ties in with what you were saying. Uh, so this is a review of the 84 revival okay. uh, from Frank Rich. Uh, and I quote, What made The Wiz surprisingly moving the first time around was that its creators found the connection between Baum's Kansas fantasy and the pride of urban black Americans. When Glinda the Good Witch musically instructed Dorothy to believe in herself, she seemed to be delivering a broader inspirational message. The Wiz was hardly a great musical in mm. 1975, but it had something to say, and it, and it said it with verve and integrity. It's depressing to watch a once fervent expression of black self-respect and talent be spilled on the stage as if it were a trunkload of marked down damaged goods. I read that quote yesterday as well, <laughs> and I decided that to like that that's it was a, not important. <laughs> that is a brutal, that is brutal, brutal mm. critique. But I it mean, is like the show meant a lot and mm-hmm. could mean a lot, but this rendition of it doesn't. Basically, um, I think there I, is a danger in remounting it that unless you take its messages seriously, yes. that it can really come across as. Um, you know, ripping off black culture yes, yes. for the sake of a good like very um, stereotypical soul tune, or you know? yeah, no, exactly. And um I particularly in the eighties I'm not surprised that it might have come across like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a little bit of, of what makes the movie cringe. Yes. Yeah. I think is the movie was like, a bit mm. over the top, if you will. Dance for me, um, Michael Jackson. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Well, we haven't even mentioned that Michael Jackson was in the movie. Hey, yeah. guys, Michael Jackson was in the movie. <laughs> we well, mentioned Diana Ross, but yeah, Michael you, Jackson was also in If you look it. at what critics... So the critics panned the movie. The movie, mm. like it, And it didn't make money. It didn't recoup what it cost. But the one thing that they did talk about was that Michael Jackson was probably the best thing in that movie. And this was the first time that Quincy Jones was introduced introduced to Michael Jackson. And just, what, the what 10 months event. later or so, Off the Wall came out. And wow. Yeah. So it, it was because of this film that Quincy Jones decided to work with Michael. And they had a really fantastic relationship. And it sort of catapulted Michael a little bit further because of that. So, they're, I mean, they're good things that came out of this film yeah <laughs> michael jackson was probably the only one um <laughs> but mm. Mm. I, yeah and i there's a part of i kind of wish i would have watched the film today but i i didn't want to because i really liked the live <laughs> version that i saw and i just i wanted to keep that in my head well it would be interesting now to see which version is available for production because it was the 2006 production that was like the script was very heavily doctored and to like very good reviews like it kind of updated the language and and the and the story a little bit Mm. um so yeah i'm not sure whether that is because it was done with the original broadway orchestrator Mm -hmm. um that kind of rewrite but yeah i'm not sure And there was some recasting like somebody who was in the original playing something did it again playing something else I don't know. In the La Jolla one? I don't know what I'm thinking about. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not I sure. Do know, Who knows? I do so know. Who knows? Th- I sort of look at it in three different stages. So I look at the very original, the one that was 74, 75, and then the film 77, 78, and then the live version of 2015, which was also rewritten mm. by Harvey Firestein. Um, right. Yeah. And but I as I was watching the live one, I had the script, the original 74 script with me and I was flipping through it and just kind of going through 
So the language was updated, a bit mm-hmm. of the language was updated, but there was a lot of the original that was still yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and then there were elements from the film that were thrown into there. Like there were a couple of songs. Um, I think uh, You Can't Win was added in, and that was from the movie. And that sort of talks about um, living in poverty, like the way you, you try to get out of poverty, but then you're in debt and that sort of delicate balance where you're just you're just never getting out of debt because you're not making enough mm. money to get out of debt and yeah, prices keep yeah. going up. So was and, that a big issue <coughs> in Kansas? I don't know. <laughs> well, but it was yes, it was. Yeah. It was a big issue, especially with black culture, because blacks were continually kept down. So through debt. Yeah, yeah. through debt. Yeah, yeah. That was basically how they kept them down. And so that's a song that's sung when Dorothy encounters the scarecrow in the live version, I think, and in the film. And it's the crows that are singing that, you know, saying we're keeping the scarecrow here so we're not allowing him to get out of his situation to have a better life because he wants a brain and he feels that by having a brain it would increase improve his life and the crows are what are keeping him there and that's why that song is there and that's a complete it it mirrors what's happening in society in the black community and right down to the very literal if you could afford an education Mm. then you Mm. would be able to change your circumstance exactly exactly so much that the whiz has to say and we'll talk more about it in the lessons that we've learned from the whiz um uh can we quickly do all the awards i just just all, wanna, of them? Just just all the awards all of them? because yeah. I, i'm genuinely surprised when most people's experience of this is the film which is a bit like oh really uh, particularly now best musical best original score and uh, ease on down the road is a staple in my brain yes. from this but mm-hmm. there are lots well, uh, yeah. everybody I mean, rejoices as well <laughs> there's lots of other excellent music yeah. in ease here. on down Home? the road is credited with like saving the musical yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well and everybody rejoice which i always just thought was called brand new day <laughs> Isn't that i from learned <laughs> Um, Best performance by a featured actor and featured actress. Best direction, best choreography, also well-deserved. Best costume design, yes, definitely. Mm. Um, And a bunch of drama desks as well. It did really well, that original Mm. Broadway production. Um, Especially for having considered closing after opening night. Yes, yeah, (laughs) so there you go. It's like a little... the little whiz that could, you know? <laughs> Does that? Uh, it almost tracks. Almost tracks. Well, let's play a little bit of music while uh, we try and forget what I just said. We're going to do the lessons learned segment because that's the next segment. That makes sense. Don't trust the critics on opening <laughs> night. Like, no. I think you, like, there, there is definitely... Uh, a, a separation between audience reception and the way that an audience receives a musical and critical reception and the way critics receive a musical and I think you have to you have to find that balance there like either you're there for the critics and the critics are going to convince the public or you're there for the public and the public have to ignore the critics honestly um, when have the critics ever convinced the public really it happens you'd be surprised I mean, do people go and see absolutely rubbish shows because the critics thought it was amazing uh, well I would or go see a show that <laughs> I know nothing about if it's got a great review same 
Fair from, enough. Yeah. But I would rather hear a great review from someone, someone who's gone I know. And seen it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Then believe what anybody else said. Side note to that point, Ben Brantley of the New York Times, who I love to quote from mostly wiki articles, yeah. <laughs> um, is stepping down and we won't be getting any more rare gems from my favourite reviewer to quote, Ben Brantley. Are I mean, I'm sure we will still delve into his back catalogue quite <laughs> a bit. We're still going to hear from Maybe him. Maybe he'll Don't write a worry. book. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can send him emails and just like, can you quote hey ben, something? Just what did you think of this show? I just <laughs> want to know. Um, but yes, don't don't always trust what some guy says on opening. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think it's very much different now as it was in the seventies at the power that the the first night critics had over a show. I think now it definitely is a little bit more of a marketing game. Thanks, social mm. media. So, yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. But mm. I think yeah, definitely like. I mean, this this is a show that proved that the critics are not always don't always have their finger on the pulse of uh, popular reception. Right. Yep. Um, I learned that soul music is funky. Did you learn that in really? this musical? <laughs> I kind of did. Okay. All right. I just like. Did you uh, when did I was you learn very that young? Funk music is full of soul. Yes. Okay. All right. It goes both ways. <laughs> uh, but this, honest, honestly, I mean, um, we had a few Shirley Bassey records lying around, but now I sound so old. But, <laughs> Have um, you listened to them? <laughs> we also had them on CD. That is compact disc. Um, but I, I remember this quite clearly as being one of my personal very early exposures. Having come from tap dancing and, and mm. sequence, yeah. which doesn't have a lot of soul African-American history. <laughs> wait a minute, soul. wait a minute, wait a minute. That is not true. There's tons of African-American yes, history no, no, no. tap there is, dancing. There is. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, uh, all right. Exposure. In your exposure of history. Yeah, 42nd like, Street version. Oh, right, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, uh, have you seen Cab Calloway? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely got a lot of that later. But um, yeah, I, I do remember this being one of the, the earliest times that I was exposed to to that um, musical voice mm. in musical theatre. Mm. Mm. Yeah, cool. And connected it and going, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would like to mention um, that this has a very strong uh, lesson to say about the power of metaphor. Mm. Uh, because <laughs> Well, that's the Wizard of Oz, but well, I think it actually comes across Oz, more and clearly. The Wiz turns the metaphor of the Wizard of Oz and what it was saying to something that is relevant to an entirely different yes. um group of people people. and i think that is what wicked the book Mm. tried to do as well and then that was just washed away with wicked the musical musical. who just undid all the political undertones that wicked had so i think whiz is uh, very Mm. few of them and very quiet a a broadway brush i kind of feel it was (laughs) disney-fied absolutely um so I think, yeah, Wiz is definitely a great example of how you can turn a text that is saying something to uh, one specific group of people and then make, turn it into something that's very meaningful and and kind of passes that same message on to different people. Mm. And that's, that's about um, good translation. Yeah. And translation yeah. doesn't necessarily mean, you know, French to German. Translation means communicating the same message in a relevant way to a new group of people and that's yeah. Yeah. that I think that this show probably translates the message better than sorry Andrew Lloyd Webber's rewrite. Oh, absolutely. Which translated yeah, nothing. Right. Okay. It just 
added some more music in. Yeah. yeah. You love munchkins, here you go, have some more. <laughs> mm. You know, that's mm. it. I think that it really sort of bypassed what the it show kind of missed was the about. Point. Yeah. 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 And so I'm I'm very pleased that The Wiz does this. The Wiz gets done a lot by schools. Does it really? In, in the in the modern day. Yes, it that's does. That's amazing because no school anywhere that I was has ever done it. I've it pops never up seen regularly it really? around here. That's I think I know there uh, was it the Aboriginal School for the um, Performing Arts did it last year in December. Mm. I didn't even know that they did. They had like three days at QPAC, oh, and right. if I had known that, I would have gone to see it because I've I've never like I said I've never seen it live. Well, we learned a lesson there about it. marketing, didn't yes. we? <laughs> you know what they right? needed? An extra hundred thousand dollars from a mystery <laughs> producer to make a um, TV ad. Make I, I believe it. It was a um, a film studio. Uh huh. Yeah, that that kind of gave them. Was that it extra. Fox? Yes, I know, it was. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say because I know Fox, which I didn't even know was around back then. Remember um, that time Fox <laughs> did one good thing? That yeah. was that it. was it. <laughs> and then, and then they let go of their they they relinquished their rights to make it into a film or it's eventually. Yeah, eventually yeah, and that's why Universal snapped yeah. it up. And they you know Universal didn't even give it a budget. They just kind of went go and create. <laughs> And it's going to make money because we've got Diana Ross. Oh wow, that's <laughs> yeah, quite sad. That worked out I think well. that's I think that's my lesson learned that just because you have a big name attached to something doesn't mean that it's going to sell. I mean, that's the thing. You still got to have quality content. Like mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> and it just I you know, I I don't even know that I made it through the film. I think I always fell asleep, and probably the third time of trying to watch it, I just went, "Well, this isn't going to happen." So oh wow! I just have never for seen someone it. who likes the show that. Uh, surprising yeah well yeah. I like the musical I didn't like the film that's the and, and yeah. the film is a musical but I just yeah, yeah I didn't like the film it version. just wasn't the same no I mean it's completely <laughs> set in New York City it's completely urbanized it's well just different if we were going to say remake the film or stage the whiz uh who would we put in it and we're going to talk about that in a moment in our dreamcast Who's in the dream cast of The Wiz, <coughs> the extended title musical? Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I want to put Billy Porter, but I want Billy Porter in it. Oh, I didn't even think about Billy Porter. Yes. Um, I would say Ada Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking a bit like Ada Pearl, but I kind of want more of Billy Porter, but Ada Pearl yeah. or, or Glinda would be a great. Glinda's part is so small, though. And that, that's I my am. worry of putting either of those. Yeah. Mm, mm. What about a, a, a scarecrow or a lion? A yeah. cowardly yeah. lion. Cowardly lion. Oh. Cowardly lion. Yeah, that yeah, would be great. Because I, I kind of feel that Tin Man is the straight man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, this, yeah. in this musical. Yes. But um, yeah, the lion would be good. Um, it's unfortunate good. that there will be no part in this for Zac Efron, nope. but I look forward to seeing him you know, in the front row on opening night. I disagree with that, um, no. but I have my, I have <laughs> my, I have my own reasons. Okay. I have my own reasons for why I would cast a non-POC in this, and the only role that I would cast a non-POC in would be Eveline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense, right? Mm. So that's. Uh, the role Zac 
Ron will be playing? Sure. Okay. Put him in drag. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I For that role, I sort of had either Katy Perry or Christina Aguilera. And I think Christina, Christina would yeah. be a much I, she'd better She'd be a much better villain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the reason, Katy, because I just, there's something about her eyes. They're so big and frightening to me. Mm. Um, as gorgeous as she is, but those eyes, they're like these, like they're so big. And I'm just like, that's just scary. But um, I think Katy Perry, sorry, not Katy Perry, Christina Aguilera would pull off the music a little bit better. Yeah. And um, yeah, but there's, yeah, no, I think because I, I sort of equate the Eveline character with a slaveholder and she's sort yeah, of yeah. You know, holding the Winkies okay. as slaves. And I think that would be the only role that I would cast a non-POC in. That makes perfect sense. Mm. I'm with you on that. I'll, mm. I will give a tick to Christina. Yes. Very that's, good. that's what I'll go with. Um, I know we suggested Billy for the lion, but James Monroe Inglehart for the lion. I'm going to need more context on that name. He yeah. played Cheney in oh. Aladdin. Oh, yes. Yeah. I also like Todrick Hall. Yeah, like I really, I really want him. Three lions, (laughs) (laughs) three lions, no skateboarding. There you go. (laughs) Yes, I, I, because I, I was really kind of racking my brain for who I would want to see in these roles, and not being a musical theater person, I have no idea who's on the stage at the moment. So I went with actors for a lot of things. That's totally fine. We love actors, and we always assume they can. Let's put Billy as Adipal. Yes. Okay. Then we've got I see I th- I think I also like RuPaul as Adderall. <laughs> I think RuPaul is Glinda. Oh yeah, it's RuPaul a small would make role. a great Glinda. They could definitely handle it. Yes. Um if they have an off night, yep. it's not going to wreck everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's RuPaul's like whole persona, like coming in and telling and you how telling things Telling you to are believe to be. in yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. RuPaul would be great. <laughs> mm. Do we have do we have a Dorothy? I was thinking either Yara Shahidi or Marsai Martin from Blackish. Both of them are from Blackish. Oh, I don't. I don't know that I, they can sing. I can't <laughs> picture either of their faces. They're gorgeous, gorgeous young ladies. The only name I had in my mind, and she is Diana Ross in it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is Patina Miller. Oh yeah, she is Diana Ross. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not a. It's what she meant to be. Fourteen, sixteen, I believe. Yeah, I'm not uh, familiar yeah. with her. Uh, so she she was lead player in Pippin uh, okay. in the in the, re, the revival in the revival Re-revival. of Pippin. Mm. Um, she's done a lot a lot of stuff, but she's she's kind she of she won the Tony for that. I believe she did. Yes. Mm. I will need mm. to look that up, but yes, <laughs> I believe she did. I don't know. I'm sticking with my two actresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> they can split the role, obviously. Yeah, and they're young. They're. Um, I mean, one is Yara's probably in her twenties, but Marseille, she's probably fifteen, sixteen. She's one of the youngest producers in Hollywood. She has her own. Production she's a producer. Company. Yeah. Oh, she's massive. She is huge. <sighs> I she like has her own building and everything. Like she's, <laughs> I'm definitely underperforming in my life. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, who else so, we got? Who so else we got? Patina is 35 at the moment, and uh, she did, no. and she did win uh, Tony for Best Actress in a Musical for Leading Player in Pippin. Okay, yeah, maybe if we were if we were remaking the film, if we were remaking the film that as you know, because Dorothy is this sort of youngish school teacher. So she would be good yeah. for that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, in the school teacher role. But school if teacher. we're going back to the Dorothy original play, 
then I think younger would probably be a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. But also, like, we're putting, uh, uh, like, Billy Porter as, as Adipur. And we, that doesn't we, matter. And, we, and we've got Zac Efron <laughs> as Eveline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love to see Zac in drag, which I, I've seen him in drag in Baywatch, which he's an ugly, <laughs> like, they... Oh, um, my gosh. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was terrible. Baywatch, great film. Didn't watch it. it. Will not. Oh, it's so good. I, but I love everything with Dwayne Johnson. Um, can I'm we talk so briefly about some sorry. of the the <laughs> casting that didn't happen? Um, Queen Latifah has been cast in this numerous times for projects that fell through. Um, well, she was definitely in she the was live cast, version. She was cast as The Wiz. Yes. Is that what she played she, in? She, yeah, she did. And I thought she did qu- – I was shocked at first, but I thought she did well. And they did comment on it in the in the actual play. You know, I think it was – it was either the lion or the scarecrow that said, the whiz is a woman. And Dorothy said, and what's wrong with being a woman? Yeah. yeah they both kind of nice. went, oh, yeah, they backed <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, Beyonce was offered the role of Glinda. Um, Lost it to Uzo Aduba. She, she turned it down. Did she turn it down? Yeah, did she, she did. really turn it down? Yeah, yeah. good. Is that no, what I, she's I saying? think so. I, I, th- I think Uzo would be better. She did amazing. Yeah. Uzo was good. She's not the best singer. Um, but she did well. I and I did actually put Beyonce down as my Linda. Mm. I would like to see Beyonce in that role. I think she would do really well. Her and again, her whole thing is about empowerment. Mm. Mm. So to be the figure in the show that does that yeah. for the other characters, it, that's her shtick. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But she turned it down. She didn't know what she was doing. I also <laughs> thought Beyonce would have been a good Adder Pearl, just to kind of take her out of her element and just see because I've I mean, you know when she played Foxy Cleopatra whoever she was playing she was she went for it and yeah. she was good or when she was in a uh, Carmen the hip hopera you know she kind of <laughs> I don't know if you've seen I'm sorry, that what? so MTV did a hip hop opera called uh, Carmen and starred Beyonce so this was back when Beyonce I think just after she left Destiny's Child and right before she did um the uh, Austin Powers film. So she did this and it sort of elevated her a little bit more as an actress. And I thought it was quite good. So it would be interesting to see Beyonce sort of taken out of what we always see her as and just let her do something a little bit different. Hell, uh, make her, Beyonce we'll the scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just see her do it. She'd I'm be pretty funny. sure scary is in her wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let's move on to our top five list. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What top fives are we putting The Wiz on? I'm going to let you guys go first. Top five <laughs> adaptations of The Wizard of Oz for the stage. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in both of your opinions on this, higher or lower than Wicked. Uh, 
Well, so now I loved Wicked, and I've seen it. I've seen it live, like actually in the theater, maybe three times. I enjoyed it that much. I've read the book a couple of times, um, but I had only ever seen the film version of The Wiz, and mm. then yesterday I watched the live version, and I really liked it. I really liked it. I think I would. I would almost. I would put it above Wicked. Yeah, I would put it above Wicked. It's a. It's a tough call for me because I'm. Um, I find Wicked more accessible yeah. to me. Well, but that's because it's it ex- is. It's an exposure thing. It's a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And right. the girl loves Disney. Mm. Uh, but it's a different story. Mm, yeah. It's a very Wicked different story. Wicked is not an adaptation of The Wizard of Oz. No. Wicked is a different story based in the same world with the, whole, the same characters. The whole Wizard of Oz happens in Wicked. It's yep, just very... It's, tiny, it's told from a different perspective. It's a tiny yeah. part yeah. of it. Yeah. And it's not actually what Wicked is about. It's sort of like, oh, here's this evil character. Let's tell her story. I love that Miranda's trying to get out of answering this question by saying, no, they don't actually belong on the same yeah. list. Well, no, I'm saying they don't belong on the same list. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> it's not that mm. I'm trying to get out of anything. I'm saying if I had to pick between the two, yeah. I you choose Wicked and adore Wicked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and I think there's more of the music that I is my style of music. Yeah. I really enjoy the Wiz and I love to sing He's on Down the Road until the cows come home just like anybody else. But that's just more my style. And I'm just the opposite. I think I love the music of the Wiz way more than I love Wicked. Yeah. Which is mm. fair call. <laughs> it's, it's more funky. <laughs> It is I funky. love and I love funk and soul. That's like I just did a funk and soul That's show last night. I love funk and well, soul. Not a lot of funk that, and soul in Wicked. Top five funk, funk and soul. soul. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Dream There's girls, some good ones. Dreamgirls yeah. is very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dreamgirls would probably be on top five all African American cast. Mm, that's true. Um, yep. I totally forgot that that one. Any mm. other top fives? Uh, top five musical movies that starred Diana Ross. <laughs> I could we say top five worst movie adaptations of a musical? Yes, Grease Two. <laughs> that wasn't a musical. Uh, first. That, wasn't a musical first. that wasn't a musical. Yeah. First. Uh, you know what um, was a musical first? Cats. And then it was a film. Mm-hmm. You know what else and, was a musical first? Okay, and that, so that's two. That yeah. takes the top five slots. Just that. Well, Oklahoma. I'm going to throw Oklahoma into that because I cannot stand. The movie of Oklahoma was a very poor adaptation yeah, of the show. Terrible. Well, maybe, maybe it wouldn't very make terrible. that. I don't think it would. I honestly don't think it would. Mm. I I don't think it's a fantastic movie, but I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's as no. bad as the critics panned it to be. Um, and as an adaptation of the original work, I don't yeah. think it yep. it was. And then because I always I will always shot. ask the question, well, who were the critics and with ben what Brantley. lens, <laughs> right? With what lens were they actually seeing it through? And if yeah. you don't have a connection to that lifestyle that's being portrayed, yeah, you might pan it because yeah. you just don't understand you don't get it so yeah which is the irony is that that's why you need to watch it yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and then yeah. you need to have conversations and if there's anything that makes you upset you need to ask yourself well why are you upset yeah why are you upset by that yeah why why do you see what's like your damage poppies as prostitutes what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> um that. Uh, last call, last call on top fives. We're good. Uh, I, we're good. I would, I would, I, <clears throat> as a graphic designer, I would, <laughs> I would, I would put the original art on like top five most awkward posters. 
Like I don't I don't know what they were trying to do with it's it. It's very 1970s. Are, are though. we talking yeah. about the silhouette with the swirly bit? Yeah. And like the, the the stairs that turn into a leg. Uh, I think uh, that's yeah. representing the poppy. So one of the things that I found very interesting was that they had this element of uh, prostitute. Well, they depicted the poppies as prostitutes yeah. as opposed to flowers, flowers. <laughs> and temptation. You know, so that they sort of went down that. I don't know if it was like this is what's easy and this is what you could be tempted by and let's not fall into that temptation. But I was very shocked, maybe or Im- I impressed. I don't know what I was feeling. <laughs> I, it was, ba- but I was but like, it was ah, something. Yeah, it was something there. Yeah, it's a much I, better, I was like, that's different. It's a, never, a much, much better use of metaphor than walking into a field and falling asleep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, and and then I guess maybe that's. Maybe they were trying to make that synonymous with drugs because Opium. in the original, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what the poppy fields were. You know, the, raining the white stuff down on you. I mean, they could have just made it crack cocaine. Oh, well, crack wasn't around then, so they could have just made it cocaine. I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna stop. All right. Well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think that's the end of the top fives. Yeah. As good a place <laughs> as any to stop and say thank you to Wasabi for coming on and talking about the Whiz. This has been a fun episode. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Fun, um, fun time. Um, I've been waiting a long time for someone to bring the whiz. Mm-hmm. Why are you laughing at me for that? <laughs> no, I just think it's cute because I I can totally see you as someone who loves the whiz. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I just suddenly looked at you and went, yeah, that guy actually loves <laughs> the whiz. It's very good. I, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed doing the research and learning more about it. And I would I would love to see it staged again in Brisbane if we ever get to that I'll point. I'll let you know which high school's doing it next. Yeah, please. Um, well, I don't know if I really want to go and sit through a high school production. Well, but you know, I, I was... I was leading into how do we feel about that because it would in, be all white. Quiz, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, is that, well, I, this is probably are we in a hairspray situation. There? Yeah. This would be, this is definitely a conversation to be had at a different time, but <laughs> I, my question not right would at the be, end of the podcast. No, of course not, but let's bring it up anyway. My question would be, why is it that we don't have more Aboriginal kids involved in art in high school? Like what's going on there? Like, and, and, and this being a non-Australian and someone who didn't grow up and go to high school in Australia. So I don't know what the demographic is like, but my question would be... It's because arts funding as a whole, minuscule, especially in schools where uh, First Nations and Aboriginal Torres Strait Islanders attend, right? which would be state schools yep. usually. Mm. Generally, unfortunately. Yeah. Arts funding. Hey! That's really sad. Anyway, uh, this is a great place to end the episode. We <laughs> yes. really should have. I'm sorry I brought it up. Um, it's a whole other topic. <laughs> do we want to go back to top fives or something? I don't no. know at this point. Um, so what are you up to at the moment, Asabi? You said you were gigging last night. Yes, I had a gig at Lefty's last night with Curbside Collection, which is a funk and soul band. You should come and check it out. Learn some more funk and soul. If um, anybody else <laughs> wants to come and check it out, where can we find you next? Uh, the next place I'm going to be, let's see, what month is it? Actually, next weekend, so the 8, 19th of September, I'll be at Mitchell Creek Rock and Blues Festival with the Soulmen, which is a Blues Brothers tribute band. Following on from that, I'm doing a couple of shows at the Triffid in October. So I on so one October 9th, I'll be doing a Pink Floyd tribute there with a group of just musicians. We're not really a band. <laughs> and how much Andrew Lloyd Webber will you be performing on that night? And that is 100% a long standing joke. <laughs> lots of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. Um, um, without knowing it, yes, you will be. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
So uh, if you would like to find Asabi and any of her upcoming gigs, I'm sure that we can put some links um, to her socials possibly um, in mm-hmm. our show notes. So check them out there or look her up. And while you're at it, why don't you look us up, baby? Um, that got weird. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Musicals taught me everything I know on Facebook. At Musicals Teach Me on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to send us an email, get in touch to uh, Musicals Taught Me podcast at gmail.com. Someone will read it. Someone will reply at some point. I just want to give a shout out to the people who have been sending us emails. Been yeah. Very, uh, very pleasant and nice to. Uh, read and reply to. That's sweet. Mm. I love to get mail. <laughs> we should have a mailing address where people can send us mail. You don't want that. To like a locked bag. No. You remember when you used to do that on like, you know, those shows in the afternoon? No, <laughs> just me. Mm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, what else do I do? Patreon. We love our patrons. We do. Send us some money. That's speaking of arts funding. Hello. <laughs> my name is Miranda and I could use some. Uh, Patreon.com um, musicals taught me everything I know. And you'll also find That's Not Canon on Patreon and all of the other network podcasts. Um, it is an art what we do. Um, some I mean, people it is. Might, I laugh, but it is. It is. Some it's truly an art. That. It is truly an art. But it is an art. Uh, we have equipment that we need to pay for and it's doesn't get a new computer soon uh, the podcast might all stop um so help us out did that sound too begging also you'll you'll get free you'll get more content yes, you'll, you'll, of you'll you get do. A, bo- a bonus content that no bonus one else gets. top fives because you know and you musical musical theater quiz time oh shows yeah that the and kb and do. miranda musical quiz show yeah the name changes every time we do it because we can never remember when we do more episodes. But um, you have to become a Patreon to uh, get on board with the quiz show. Uh, so do that. Do this. Rate, review, share, do all the other things. Mm-hmm. Find us. Did I do that already? Yep. Um, I think it's time to play the music. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll start playing an orchestra We thing. made it. But Woo! thank you, Azabi. Thank you for having me, guys. I've been Zane. That siren is Miranda Selwood. We'll uh, see you next week. Bye. This is Jones and Wolf, a monthly audio fiction podcast featuring original music. In our first season, we told stories about a heartbroken television collector, a tech entrepreneur in Washington, D.C. who developed an addiction to honesty, and a time traveler who came to our present to reveal the truth about Kim Kardashian. Now, in our second season, we're telling more delightfully dark and strange stories that explore what our relationships with technology might look like in the near future, and what happens when they go a little sideways. Curious to hear more? Check us out at jonesandwolf.buzzsprout.com or search for Jones and Wolf wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, my ephemeral friends, thanks for listening. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast.